Go ahead and uh, grab your Bibles. <clears throat> Thank you, brother. As we are um, continuing in Matthew chapter 5. And just to get us caught up, let me read all six verses. We're going to be in verse six today. We're approaching our fourth beatitude. And so let me um, just read the first six verses to get a context of where we are. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, this is there in Galilee, in the region of Galilee, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. That's our verse that we're working on today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you hungry? That's what we're going to be talking about. The follow-up question to that is, if you're hungry, if the answer is, yes, I am. <laughs> um... Then the next question, the follow-up question is, what are you hungry for? Well, I'd really like a hamburger and french fries right now, you know. Look at the focus of today, uh, verse 6 again. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. What does that word blessed mean? Extremely happy. That's what the word means. That's literally what it means. Extremely happy are those who hunger and thirst for, say the word, Come on, people, say the word. Righteousness. Why? For they will be filled. Are you hungry? What are you hungry for? <laughs> We're going to find out, aren't we? This verse has a focus on a very strong desire, okay? This hunger and thirst he's talking about is just like that. Yeah, I could, I could go for a snack right now. That's not what this is talking about. This is a strong desire, and this verse is giving us a picture of someone with a very strong pursuit of something. This isn't just, um, yeah, I'm hungry and thirsty. This is, I am starving, and I am parched. My life, my birthright, my anything for the satisfaction of the hunger and thirst that is inside of my heart and inside of my life right now. This is what it's talking about. This is the intensity of what Jesus is saying. Blessed are you if you hunger and thirst in this way. I want to say to you that there is a passionate force inside of each one of us that is driving us to pursue things in this world and to, sue th to pursue things outside of this world. Call it ambition, if you want. 
some would call it lust for more. Call it whatever you want, but it's inside every single one of us. It's driving us with an insatiable hunger and thirst for something. And the question is, what is the something? So I can, I can honestly say to you, before you, we're all hungry. Please get your mind out of McDonald's. Get your mind out of whatever restaurant you're planning to go to or the roast beef that is waiting for you at home in the oven. Get your mind out of that because that's not what we're talking about today. What are you hungry for? You're all hungry. Every single person here, every single person, wherever you are visiting us online and joining us online, you are hungry. Deep in your soul, you are hungry. And the question is, what are you hungry for? Four. Man, you guys, this is hard stuff. This is, we're wrestling with some pretty deep things. This is very simple passages, you know. How many times have you read, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And let's go to the next verse. This is deep stuff. Because I can tell you that there is a hunger in each one of us, but pride and sin have perverted and twisted our hearts. And they have, those two things, pride and sin, have perverted and twisted the answer to the question, what are you hungry for, for all of us? And it all started in the heavens with an angelic being called Lucifer. God, the Bible says, created Lucifer to be his most glorious angelic being. Anybody know who Lucifer is today? Satan. But at the time of his creation, he was the most wonderful thing that God had ever made. Let me show you in Ezekiel chapter 28, in verse 12, where God says, you were the model of perfection. This is speaking of Lucifer. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. And these clothes were given to you on the day that you were created. I ordained you and I anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian and you had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all that you did from the day you were created until you got hungry. Until the day evil was found in you. Lucifer, who is now called Satan or the devil or the enemy of God and the enemy of God's children, got hungry. But he didn't get hungry for the things of God. He got hungry for power and he got hungry for position and he got full of himself, the scripture says. Ezekiel 28, 17 says, your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. 
Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. Isaiah 14, 13 says it like this. You said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and I will set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high God. He was hungry. He had this passion that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5, 6. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was hungry for power. He was hungry for passion. He was hungry for ambition. He wanted to be not just like God. He wanted to be a God, equal with God. Power and position was driving everything. And I want you to see what God's reward is for those who are hungry for power and position because of their pride. Isaiah 14, 15. You will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you. Question, what are you hungry for? How about this? Let's take a look at a man now, not an angelic being. Let's take a look at a man. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. He was the mighty king of Babylon. It's amazing study. You want to study something amazing? Just study him and his kingdom sometime. You'll be blown away. Some have actually said that there has been none greater in all the earth than King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar, man, he was hungry. What was he hungry for, Phil? He was hungry for the praise of men. One day he was walking on the rooftop of his palace and he looked out across the kingdom, his kingdom, he says. He called it his kingdom. And this is what he said in Daniel chapter 4, verse 30. Look at this great city of Babylon. Now, don't miss this next part. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display, to display my majestic splendor. Oh, he was hungry. He was hungry for the praise of men. He's even praising himself. And here was his reward handed down from God. This is what you get if you're hungry for the praise of men. And if you praise yourself and think too highly of yourself, this is the reward that you will receive. Daniel 4, verse 31. While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society you will live in the fields with the wild animals and you will eat grass like an ox. This really happened. This isn't just some kind of story. This really happened. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that your hunger is misplaced. Until you learn that the most high rules over the kingdoms of this world and gives them to anyone that he chooses, not you. Are you hungry? Friends, are you hungry? I know that you are. What are you hungry for? 
Are you hungry for power? Are you hungry for position? Are you hungry for the praise of men? Are you into self-exaltation? Look at this guy. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 17. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. This is a a parable that Jesus is telling. Here's what I want you to understand about a parable. It may or may not have happened. This is a story that Jesus told, and he told a story with a kingdom meaning, a kingdom truth. And so whatever the story represents and describes is truth about God's kingdom. So a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops, and he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods and I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. This guy was hungry. Know what he was hungry for? Things. He was hungry for possessions. He was hungry for the pleasures that this world could offer. And he thought, if I just get more, if I just store it up and I get more and more, then I could just eat, drink, and be merry and sit back and rest and say, my friend, take it easy. You got everything you need. Look at his reward in Luke chapter 12, verse 20. But God said to him, you fool, You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Here's the lesson Jesus gave. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God, his father. That's what Jesus is talking about. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Food and water are necessary to stay alive physically, right? Well, righteousness is necessary to stay alive spiritually. Our physical life is dependent on food and water. You don't eat for a couple of days, you don't drink for a couple of days, you will die. Your organs will shut down, you will die. But our spiritual life, are you you listening? Please don't go to sleep on me today. This is so critical for us. Our spiritual life is dependent upon righteousness. Nothing wrong with being hungry and thirsty. The question is, what are you hungry and thirsty for? And Jesus is teaching us that the real thing that a person needs, the real thing that you ought to be hungering and thirsting after because nothing else will satisfy is righteousness. Above all else, you need to be pursuing righteousness if you are in the kingdom of heaven. I want you to listen carefully right now to me. Because some of you are trying to satisfy your souls by feeding on that which is not nourishing. You're hungry. And you're trying to satisfy that hunger with the wrong things. Our souls, you guys, they're hungry and they're thirsty. That is how we're created. 
Every person ever created was created with a hunger, but it's a hunger for a relationship with God. Ecclesiastes tells us that God has created us with eternity in our hearts and in our minds. And it is a place that only God and his righteousness can fill and can satisfy. And yet we spend most of our days trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction in things like beautiful scenic vacations, creative accomplishments, cinematic productions, sexual exploits, the thrill of victory in sports, hallucinogenic drugs, corporate success. Do I need to keep going? I I could go on and on, right? We could go on and on all day with the things that we think will bring satisfaction, that we are hungry for, and that we're chasing after. But the truth is that these things will never satisfy. Isaiah 55, 2 says, why are you spending your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And unless you're thinking that this is talking about bread, physical bread, you're mistaken. The call to all of us is seek righteousness with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, because there's no satisfaction outside of that. How many are here and you're like, I'm hungry, you're right, Phil, and I'm thirsty. And I have this insatiable desire inside of me for something. I'm restless And everywhere I look, the grass is greener in every other field but the field that I'm standing in right now. And I'm just always looking, always trying to chase that next thing. You need to listen to me. No, don't listen to me. You need to listen to the Spirit of God today. For he is calling out to all of us, probably calling out to me more than you calling us back to himself. I just want to say to you that if you hear his voice today in this matter, if you feel his conviction today at all, don't turn away from him. Actually, let me put it this way. Don't turn away again and go back to the temporary pleasures of this world, the backfiring pleasures of this world. They never satisfy And you know there's no satisfaction there. You know it because you've tried it. I know it because I've tried it. My friends, my brothers and sisters, it is time to have a permanent appetite adjustment. We all need to start eating from the table of righteousness. It's time to break free of our passionate pursuit of unrighteousness. It's, It's time to Stop returning, and I hate to say it like this, um, but this is biblical. This is what the Bible calls it. Stop returning like a dog to its vomit. 
Those are shocking words. But that's how Jesus describes it. That's how the Bible describes it. When you, a child of God, has everything available to you for life and godliness, everything available to you for fulfillment in righteousness, when you turn away from God and his relationship and righteousness of God and you turn to the world, you're like a dog going, hacking up some weird hairball or some bone. Wait a minute, I'm hungry. That's gross. That's what it's like when we do it. That's what God sees. You know that the things of the world do not satisfy. And you know that you will vomit them out of your mouth. And you turn around and you walk away and like, man, I kind of feel better. After you vomit, sometimes you kind of feel better. Well, we should feel better. Because you've just vomited up all the crap that you put down inside of you that God never desires for his children. You drank it in because you were thirsty. You ate it up because you were hungry. And you're like, and he's like, of course it'll make you sick. People are getting up and walking out. I hope it's not like. (laughs) We walk away and we kind of feel better. Got that out of my system. I'll never do that again. And then you're like, I'm kind of hungry again. I'm kind of thirsty. And the way that God describes it is you go right back to that pile and you lap it up. You know how else it describes it? Wallowing in the mud with the pigs. There's no joy there. And that's not where you're going to find your blessing. I don't know if I have time to do this, but can I show you one more thing? You might want to go to Luke chapter 15 with me for this one. I love this story because it has a horrible beginning and a glorious ending. And it's so you and me. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of my estate. So the father just divided the property between his two sons. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who gave him a job, sent him out to his fields to feed the pigs. Now, don't miss this apart, okay? He was so hungry that he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He was so hungry that he wanted to eat the pig food, but they wouldn't give him the pig food. 
So here he is, hungry, hungry for pleasure, hungry for possessions, hungry for popularity, hungry for what Jesus calls wild living. I want some of that. There's great stuff out there to get. Come on. Anybody been there with me? You don't be all pious with me today. You know what we're talking about. You've been there. You've gone, I like that. There's something appealing about that, and you go after that, just like he did, and you pursue that because you're hungry for it, and you think it's gonna satisfy you. And what did it get him? What did that hunger get him? Actually, it's not true. That's not true. Nothing is not the right answer. It made him more hungry. The hunger that was driving him to wild living ended up making him more hungry. And thank God that hunger drove him to his senses. Look at verse 17 of Luke 15. And when he came to his senses, your Bible might say, when he came to the end of himself. I love that. Let me pause here, okay? This is why I get in trouble, because I'm like, stay with your notes, Phil, and you won't get in trouble. Never mind. <laughs> I gotta keep going. When he came to the end of himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Are you seeing what I'm seeing here? He came to his senses, and what did he begin to hunger and thirst for? Say it out loud. Righteousness. The right thing. His hunger drove him to wild living, which drove him to starvation. And he says to himself, because he came to the end, I think I'm going to go back and pursue righteousness. I'm going to go back to my father. Instead of pursuing more worldliness, I'm gonna go back and pursue righteousness. Listen to me, my friends. If you're trying to fill yourselves with wild living, you will end up eating pig food. You'll fill yourselves with the pleasure of sin and you will wake up more empty than you started. I promise you. You'll be starving for something real. Look what John wrote to us. The question is, are you hungry for worldliness? That's what John's question is. In 1 John 2.15, he says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And none of that stuff will last. None of it will satisfy your hunger. You'll just end up wallowing in the mud with the pigs. And that life is empty, and you know it, because you've tried it. And the question is, why do we keep going back to it? What is wrong with us? You'll end up with a handful of ashes. You'll end, it's like trying to harness the wind. You will be empty. 
And so I ask you again, my friends, are you hungry? I know you are. What are you hungry for? Power, praise, possessions, pleasure. It's all pig food. Get a poster board and write these words on it and hang it on your refrigerator. It's all pig food. You got a lot of room to talk, Phil. I know. I know. The call today is come to the banquet table of righteousness. What is righteousness, Phil? Everything that God says. I don't have time to exhaust it. It's everything in his word. Are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? At the end of this sermon, Jesus says, blessed are you. The wise man is the one who hears my words and puts them into practice and lives by them. Not by, lives by everything else, lives by my words. Can I finish the story? The best part is yet to come in Luke chapter 15, verse 20. Look at it with me. So he got up. He went to his father. Remember, he came to the end of himself. But while he was still, and remember, this is a, this is a story that has a kingdom message to it. So read it in, those li in that light, that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, he doesn't even address his son. He just says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate for this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to celebrate. What did the prodigal do? When he came to the end of himself, he got low. He became, he became what we've been talking about. He became poor in spirit. And he recognized his sin. And he confessed his sin before his father, mourning over his sinfulness. And he takes the place of meekness and humility and how does the father respond? How does the father reward him? Clean him up. Kill the calf. Light the barbecue. We're going to have a party because my son is home. My son has come to himself. And he's decided, I'm going to hunger and thirst for righteousness instead of wild living. And the father rejoices over his children that come home from feasting on pig slop. And he puts a table before him. God wants to bless his children, my friends, and he rewards those, the Bible says, who diligently seek him. Matthew 5, verse 3. What's the reward of those who are poor in spirit? Do you remember? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's the reward of those who mourn over their brokenness? They will receive the comfort 
and strength of the Father and the relationship of the Father. And if you will humble yourself and be meek before the Lord, what do you inherit? The earth. And if you are hungry and thirsty, what will you get? You'll be filled up. You'll be satisfied. So if you sum it all up, you get the kingdom of heaven, you get the comfort and relationship of the Father, you get to inherit the earth, and you will be completely satisfied and completely filled up. And the sum of all that is, what do you have? What do you have? Come on. Everything! What more could you want? I got the kingdom of heaven. I've got the relationship with my father in heaven. I have the earth. I'm going to inherit the earth and I have complete satisfaction and fulfillment in God because I'm pursuing righteousness. What more could I ask for? You have everything if you'll hunger and thirst for righteousness. Listen, my friends, the world, and I'm putting ourselves in that because sometimes we're just like them, they are working their heads off to gain wealth, to gain pleasure, to gain prestige, to to gain satisfaction. And what they need to know is that if they'll just come to God and they'll just come to God on his terms, then they will get everything that they're struggling to find in this world. It all comes from the Father, and you and I need to understand Because some of us are breaking our necks to get what God has promised he would give us if we would just come to him on his terms. And when you come to him on his terms, hungering and thirsting for righteousness instead of all the other stuff in this world, then he gives you all the other stuff because you're not pursuing the other stuff and you're pursuing him. Oh, my word. Does that not excite you? Does that not get some kind of somebody to shout and say, yes, thank you. I don't have to strive for all that stuff. If I just go hard after God and righteousness, he'll give me all that stuff. I will meet your every need. I will take care of you. You will find true satisfaction in me. All right, and by the way, All the stuff he offers is available to you as a gift. It's all wrapped up. And all you gotta do is open it. If you try to earn it, you don't get it. That's for another day. All right, we gotta close. Wanna take a little test with me? And finally, you can write something down on your notes. I'm sorry I didn't give you points. Couldn't figure out how to outline all that. How do I know if I'm hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Write that at the top of your page. Put your name and the date in the top right-hand corner. How do I know if I'm hungry or thirsty for righteousness? Here's how you could tell. Four things. Number one, are you dissatisfied with yourself? Now, hang on a second. I just spent some time with my psychiatrist and she told me I'm supposed to love myself and I'm supposed to be good with myself. If I don't love myself and I don't feel good about myself, then I can't love anybody else. Okay. Your psychiatrist needs to come talk to me and I will show her in the scripture how she and all of her clients ought to be thinking about themselves in a biblical fashion. And that sounded really bad. 
But if you are poor in spirit, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you find yourself in Romans 7 all the time with Paul saying, what a wretched man I am. What a wretched woman I am. Who will save me from this body of death? The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I know I should do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. What is wrong with me? Why do I keep going back and lapping up my vomit? Why do I keep doing that? It's because you need to go hard after God and not yourself because this is the struggle that we're all in. Do you feel the constant pain of always falling short? Let me just say it this way. Dissatisfaction with yourself is a symptom of someone who is poor in spirit and who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. You have to get to that place like Paul so that you're starving and you're parched for righteousness. Oh, that I could just have some of God in me right now because I know and I am dissatisfied with who I am on my own. Here's another way. Are you still eating from the wrong table? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to satisfy your appetite with the wrong stuff? If you are, then you are not hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And let me, just hear me. A hunger for righteousness will only be satisfied with righteousness. One pastor wrote it this way. You can bring a hungry man flowers. You can bring a hungry man beautiful music. You can bring a hungry man pleasant conversation, but all a hungry man wants is food. Give me the food. Oh, but I brought you these beautiful flowers. I can't eat the flowers. I'm hungry. Give me some food. You can take a thirsty woman a rose and offer her some candy, but all that thirsty woman wants is Water! One who hungers and thirsts after righteousness will not be and cannot be satisfied with anything else. Here's the third question. Are you starving for God's word? This one really stung when I got to it this week. And I'm in God's word a lot. Ever watch a hungry man eat? Ever watch a starving person eat? This is what it looks like. Right? Wrong. It's like, give me the food. I'm hangry right now. Give me the food. Get it in my stomach right now. That's how a starving person eats. And I wonder, does this look like you? No. Phil, does this look like you? As you approach God's word, are you like Jeremiah who says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them because they are my joy and my heart's desire. You ever seen anyone beg a starving man to eat? You ever seen that happen? Do you have to like convince the guy that he's hungry? Listen, man, you're starving. Eat something. Come on, please eat something. No. Do you know that sometimes that's how it feels as a pastor or a counselor in the counseling room? Do you know how many times people have come to me with this massive problem in their life? You know, the first question I always ask them, 
Talk to me about your devotional life with the Lord. Talk to me about how much time you're in the word. Well, it's been, it's been months. Sometimes it's been years since I've even cracked the word of God. Uh, hello. How about we start there? Why would we have to beg Christians to get into the word? Come on, please. Please open the word. Please get in the word. Please start reading the word of God. That's where your life is. That's where your strength is. That's where the power is. If you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you don't have to beg you to eat from the table of God's word. Here's the last one. Is your hunger and thirst unconditional? You might be like, what do you mean by that? Do you remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and he asked, um, hey, Jesus, I wanna, I wanna be your follower. I wanna get in on this thing that you've got. So show me how to inherit eternal life. Remember he came to him, the rich young ruler? And Jesus responded, really? I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you asked. Here's what you need to do. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the scripture says that when the young man heard these words, he went away sad because of his great wealth. He was hungry. He was hungry, but he was hungry with a condition. He wanted to follow Christ, but he still wanted his wealth. He wanted to follow Christ, but he still wanted his position. He wanted to follow Christ, but he still wanted his possessions. He wanted to follow Christ, but he still wanted to hang on to his life. And if that's you, my friend, then you are hungering and thirsting for the world and not for righteousness. And Jesus says, you have got to lose your life if you're ever going to find your life. You've got to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. So, how you doing? Are you hungry? I know you are. Are you thirsty? Die in a thirst, Phil. And what are you hungry and thirsty for? If it's not for righteousness, then child of God, let's go. What are you waiting for? Let's get on the righteousness train. Let's start eating from the righteousness banquet table and you'll see your life change and you'll see your life filled and you will be satisfied. If you don't know the Lord, and today's been confusing to you to listen to this sermon, no matter whether you're here in the room or you're visiting online with us. Today's the day of salvation for you. The call to you is come to Jesus and he will change your life and he will give you a new heart. He'll give you a new hunger and thirst for himself that you've never had. But it starts today and it starts with you humbling yourself and saying, I need some help. Let's go ahead and stand and let me pray. Before I do pray, um, we're here for you. If you need help getting out of the pig pen, if you need help with your appetite, if you need Jesus as your savior, and you need a change of life, we have teams of people that are down here that would love to help you with that or just simply pray over you for the strength to find it. We make that invitation available to you. While everyone's going out the back, you just come down here and talk to us. So we would love to help you through whatever God has on your heart today.
Let's pray. Lord, we need your help with this stuff. This world has a big pull on us, and for some of us, it's got its hooks deep inside of us. And I'm asking you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to release us from that. There are some in the room here that they need deliverance from the pursuit of worldliness, the wild living, the things that they think will satisfy, but are just leaving them empty. Deliver them by your power of your spirit today. Give me, Lord, a heart like Isaiah, who said, my soul yearns for you in the night, and in the morning my spirit longs for you. Give me a heart like David, who wrote, oh God, you are my God, I earnestly search for you, and my soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. I lie awake thinking of you and meditating on you throughout the night. Give me a heart like that, Lord. Help me to hunger and thirst like a starving man for you. Help us all with this as we go out of this place so that we can be used to the maximum level for your honor and for your glory and not for ours. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name, amen. God bless you, my friends. God love you. Share some love on your way out with each other, all right?